in pretty much every single episode we have referenced the shop it's finally time to tell you guys about the shop I'm glad we're doing this now, almost a year after finding the shop, because I think some of those raw feelings have now subsided and we can kind of look back and objectively analyze the decision, the risk that we took to, to, to get the shop. The feelings aren't so raw. The emotions aren't so high. I mean, there are there are still feelings. There are many feelings and the feelings change on a daily basis, I'm sure. But we are definitely in a more stable place to be able to talk about the shop, which really stems from me i think i think you should start the story why why did we get the shop so my cookie business grew so well during the pandemic we outgrew one house we then outgrew a second house and then we got to a point where i either stopped doing it or we moved it all out from the house it wasn't an option to continue as we were and in that time ethan in addition to all the other things that he does also started a gelato business, um, making and posting out gelato around the country. I feel like in saying that you're you're giving you're apportioning some of the responsibility to me for getting the shop. This was one hundred percent your idea. I think that's I think we should make that clear. So the idea for a shop really started about a year and a half ago, two years ago, and the idea just kept you know coming back every now and then. I'd maybe occasionally just look on the internet to see what retail units were around and after a little while managed to convince Ethan to go and look at one of the units on one of the high streets just just to have you know a little nosy it was actually on father's day it was on father's day <laughs> I don't know how we managed to swing that one and you kind of were you tolerated the idea but you were not interested because you were aware of the impulsive nature oh no (laughs) of the work that it would involve the all-encompassing nature of it so i'm a realist and joe is an idealist and this is where it's both a blessing and a curse where i feel like we're able to make sensible decisions whereas joe feels like i clip her wings but it means that we always find a compromise would would you say that's true yes What normally happens is I come up with about 50 different ideas over the course of, you know, a month, a year, whatever. Ethan will veto the majority and every now and then a few gems come through that we agree on. So I think it's clear by now that we have taken a lot of risks during our marriage. And because of that, we have instituted the incubation list in which all of these crazy ideas we have, we have to put them on a list for about a month because Joe is very impulsive and I've realized now after being married to her for 10 years if we don't action the idea within 24 hours she's usually bored and moves on <laughs> so it's cold quite a few ideas you're so rude no normally you vetoed it within 24 <laughs> hours is what happens and it's funny because I think most people would maybe think that Ethan is the more wild one but actually I think I'm the worst one I'm a sensible risk taker yeah whereas I get excited by the ideas and then I go a bit all guns blazing but we are we are really bad influences on each other. That's true. We're terrible influences on each other. Which is why we have the shop. We both we got to the point where we both egged each other on. Well, no, not really. Well, you know, you just kept hassling me. The reality is, Ethan was like, "No, it's a bad idea," and that happened for about six months. And you wore me down. And I kept coming with new ideas and new suggestions, and somehow the idea morphed from a cookie shop 
to a gelato maybe with cookies on the side shop. And I think that that idea warmed to Ethan a little bit. You're a bit more fond of that idea. Well, no, because we identified a gap in the market. We realised that in Milton Keynes and the surrounding area, there's no ice cream shop. And because I had set up the ice cream and you're doing the cookies, it felt like a natural fit. The idea that we had was we knew that ice cream was seasonal. So there was the six-month season of ice cream. And then the hope was that as that busy period finished, historically that then became your busy period with the cookies it kind of felt like a foolproof plan we didn't really have too much of a proof of concept but we just had a very well we did in theory because the cookies i've been selling for two years very well and you've been selling the gelato and that had gone well too but that was before a cost of of living crisis yes so so in terms of testing the concept you know we had sold both products so you know there was proof of concept it wasn't completely just running into the dark with a brand new idea that we'd never done before um so basically i kept bringing the idea to ethan new retail units would come up and we did actually go and look at them and in the end we put in offers for them well this well this was the frustrating thing i found that after months of you wearing me down and finally committing to the idea i am the kind of person that once we have gone through the pros and cons if i if i think something's a good idea i will drop everything and i will go 100 percent into something so then i did quite a lot of the like the research the sending proposals and all that kind of thing i was i was very invested and then we felt like we were being strung along and we had so many different we got so close to being able to sign something and we felt like the opportunity is taking away i found that really frustrating because i didn't want to do it and then once we had found a way to make it work it kept getting taken away from us it was really frustrating and then on New Year's Eve last year, last year, we just happened to see the unit next to one of the coffee shops that we supplied cookies to happened to be available. And it was just a private let. Just, it was just you like know, a handwritten sign with a yeah. name and number. And this is so this is so classic case study of us that you saw the thing. We went for a family walk and you mentioned the idea. And I was like, screw it, let's just call him now. It's New Year's Eve. Whereas most people would definitely mold oh, the we'll idea. Oh, wait a little while. Exactly. We were like, let's call him. He answered. And then again, we were like, we could be there in 30 minutes if that works for you. And he said yes. <laughs> and we also happened to have some, because it was New Year's Eve, we'd both done products available for New Year's Eve. So we took some gelato and um, some cookies over when we went to go visit. And I think that sealed the deal really, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. He then asked us to send over a proposal. We then kept following up. Within a couple of weeks, we had met in person at the shop again, negotiated. And I think about three weeks after that, we had actually signed a contract. Which is insane when you consider, I mean, I don't know how long a typical thing like that takes, but the ones that we'd been through up until this point had been literally months of back and forth, only for them to decide to go with someone else or to just to literally got, get nowhere. So within the space of three weeks to go from having not even known that unit existed to having signed the contract is mad. I think we should just say as a side note, because we will be talking about this in part two, uh, the next episode, the landlord we have um, is incredible. Um, from the beginning, we had a very good relationship. There was no jumping through hoops. There was no multi levels of companies. Um, and he has been very good at helping us establish the business. And we had a recent chat with him that gave us a new sense of direction. So we're very grateful for that relationship that we have with him. Yeah, no, definitely. So we felt like we found the one, which is kind of crazy because it was an empty shell. There was no electricity. We had to put up walls. There was a hole in the ceiling. All the floors were 
damaged and broken. It was a complete and utter shell. And we had a lot of work that we needed to do. There was so much. But it felt really exciting at the beginning, I think, because we could just have complete freedom to turn it into exactly what we wanted. So being able to spend all that time planning, designing, researching, it was it was really exciting. It was a lot of fun. So during the first COVID lockdown, we tried to buy our first house. We had the house deposit. We were both self-employed, but we were able to prove that we had the salary. We got really close and then the market crashed in there and they changed all the mortgage rates. and We weren't able to buy a house after a year of trying to work something out because of our unique situation. We kind of got bored and we used that house deposit uh, to set up the shops. So we used all of our own money. We didn't use credit cards, loans, nothing like that. So this was literally blood, sweat and tears that went into the shop. Which in some regards maybe was a bit wild because basically that was just our life savings gone into this wild project. But equally, there was that sense, there is that sense of peace of mind knowing that we don't owe anybody anything. So if things were to ever have gone badly, we just walk away with the decisions we've made rather than being like, okay, now we've got to owe the bank X amount of money. So there is that 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 layer of stress that isn't there. Yeah, we had to... Um project manage everything from start to end um there was a lot of work that needed to do i think the bulk of the investment was paying people to to provide the service we needed like pulling stuff down putting new stuff up wiring everything plumbing everything well the main expenses were the builder plumber and electrician like yeah, that and, is where and, all the money went basically and the flooring as well was expensive yeah we had a really clear idea in our mind that we wanted to open for easter weekend i'm not really sure why we thought that other than it was an ambitious deadline but kind of felt close enough because it's easter it's so exciting and i think maybe for me easter is my biggest cookie period that we sell the most cookies over easter and so to open before to open after Easter would have been such a shame because there's so many amazing Easter products that we do so I think that was part of the part of the the push and also knowing that you know the weather's getting good we need to be open and I think maybe Easter weekend gave us a really good deadline to work towards yeah I think the works formally commenced the first week of February and we did open uh, for Good Friday, which was the middle of April. So I think we had 10 weeks. But in, in, in during that time, I ran a local um, election and we also went on a family holiday to Dubai and we had lots of other things going on. And honestly, now looking back, I still have no idea how we, how we managed to do we it. We used to work your normal full-time job and I still was baking cookies up until the week we moved into the shop. So on top of... And we, in terms of other than building work, we tried to do everything ourselves with help from so many friends and family but it meant we did a lot of late nights and just a lot of juggling to be able to get it done like so much painting and well, especially sanding those, those last two weeks we we were there like 24 7 i remember there was this one week just before we opened where the washing machine had broken there was that week i don't know what it was like for you but i felt like i, I hadn't even come home like I, I didn't see the the kids like they'd gone to bed by the time we got back and we didn't do any washing like any cooking your parents were there the entire time. Like we were completely absent parents during that week. That one was a hard week. So that was that was the week that we opened, and the boys were so gracious because they could have been a bit annoyed at us, but they were just so pleased to be able to spend time with the family and the excitement of opening the shop and being able to come and visit. And well, yeah, they were the first customers that came in. I remember taking them after school the day before we opened, and 
we've got a picture of them looking very happy and pleased that they were the first people to to get an ice cream because we were so set on the deadline of opening for easter weekend it meant the last two weeks once all the actual building work had finished which really did take us up to like two weeks before opening all of the painting the there was so much of actually then like the aesthetic side to do rather than mm. just putting up walls and things there was just so much to do and so we really had to rely on so much help from friends and family which isn't something that we really do we're we are really independent we are very very independent and it actually is really difficult for us to ask for help and so to have asked for help from so many people the biggest stress that i felt when opening the shop was letting all of those people down that had helped us which maybe is a bit silly and maybe everyone that helped us probably would have been like it's fine we wanted to help anyway but I felt such a sense of pressure when we opened that if it flopped just on that first opening weekend if we had like a handful of people come in then all their hard work would have been for nothing that I really felt that pressure I think we talked a bit about that in the last episode that although a support system is great and and, and important and, and most of the time essential that on the reverse side it does create so much pressure because you really feel a sense of debt and gratitude to that support network and you yeah absolutely do not want to disappoint them i mean disappointment is a terrible feeling so somehow we managed to open the shop for easter weekend we felt like we had planned prepared as much as we could we felt like we had made and baked as much as we could we opened good friday and within four hours we had sold out of absolutely everything there was a queue literally down the street like halfway down the whole of the high street it was wild but it's so funny because i remember i mean we'd really hoped there would be a bit of a queue because we'd really worked hard on promoting it getting the word out and so the day we opened we had the mayor and the deputy mayor come and you know cut, cut the, the ribbon. ribbon we even had some press come i think didn't we and we as we were cutting the ribbon there was maybe like a handful of people there there was like our immediate family and i think there was one or two other friends that had come yeah, a couple too passes by and that was it. And I was like, oh, I was, I was kind of hoping there'd be a few more people. And within minutes of being open, it just did not stop. Yeah, yeah. There was a constant queue that went right down the street around the church. It was crazy. It was just, it was exhilarating. I remember coming home. Ethan stayed at the shop and I came home, I think a bit earlier on in the day to come and be with the boys. And just feeling like on a high of like, oh my goodness, it actually, it actually worked. And then there was that realisation that we then had to spend the rest of the afternoon evening making stuff ready for the next day. <laughs> yeah. So I think maybe, I mean, I know that we, I know that we knew that we were taking this on as a, you know, a full time thing. But I don't think the reality of the constancy, because we, I've done a lot of events where, you know, I bake hundreds and hundreds of cookies and sell out in a couple of hours. And that's great. And I love those events. But to do that all over again the next day and then the next day and then the next day is a new concept that was pretty full on. Well, especially because it was Easter weekend, we I don't know why we thought this was a good idea, but we had told people we'd open on the, the Friday and the Saturday, 11 till 7. We had we sold out both days by three o'clock. It, it was very wise of us to say that we were closed on the Sunday because we actually had to use that day to make as much ice cream as we could for the Monday we weren't going to open the bank holiday Monday, but we had so many requests come in through people that we decided to. 
And we also did something crazy where the staff had only done Friday and Saturday. We had a, uh, a barbecue with some really good friends we didn't want to miss, but we knew we had to open the shop. So after two shifts, we actually said to them, we trust you. Uh, and the staff ran the shop all by themselves on the third shift. Well, and they did such an incredible job because it was such a military operation in those first couple of weeks because it was so busy that everybody had like their set roles and they just smashed it. Yeah. And because we were only offering at that point the cookies and the gelato, it was really a very straightforward process. And so they just nailed it. They did not need us at all. It was amazing to see. But that was a pretty big risk. I remember we were able to check the security camera and the sales, uh, but we left them to it. We were able to enjoy a barbecue with friends, but that was a huge risk on the third day to let them do it. It was. It was a bit crazy. And I don't think we really expected that we'd be able to take a step back like that so early on. And it meant that we were able to have weekends because it meant that actually every Saturday going forward, we didn't have to be in, whereas we'd kind of anticipated that at least one of us would have to work those Saturdays for the short term. And that would have been hard, I think, because I don't think we realised how full on every other day would be. So to then be working Saturdays as well would have been tough with trying to balance the fact that we have four children that we want to be around. I see we've, we've just started talking about maybe some of the negative uh, aspects of the shop. Despite the overwhelming success, I think it was, e I think the opening was even more successful than we had planned. Why, despite that, three, four weeks later, why did you want to sell the shop? Yeah, it was only three weeks in. And it was difficult because I knew that what we had wasn't quite perfect. And that gives me deep anxiety. And so I had this constant, constant stress that all these people were coming in. We had perfected things as much as we could at the time, but so much of it is just trial and error. And doing things on that scale was a brand new process. And so everything we had to do, we were learning from scratch. And so there were things that needed perfecting that we hadn't got a chance to do yet. And we were not expecting, yeah, to have been as busy as we were and so so many people were experiencing the shop but my anxiety was it's not perfect yet they're not going to come back and so come the beginning of May that initial buzz was maybe not waning but wasn't quite as mad as the very first weeks and the anxiety set in so badly my goodness, it is like nothing I've ever experienced. Well, you got to the point where you weren't eating or sleeping properly. Uh, well, yeah, I had to call the doctors at one point because I was like, I just, I just cannot function. I just need to be able to at least sleep so that I can cope with life because I could not sleep. I'd, I'd go to bed and I'd fall asleep because I'd be so exhausted but then as soon as I'd wake up at some point in the night, that's it, I'd be wide awake and just the weight of everything, the anxiety of everything was just crushing. And so I remember I was getting to a point where I would go to bed and then I'd wake up at midnight and then I'd be wide awake from midnight onwards and I'd just be exhausted and I couldn't eat anything. The anxiety was so strong that I just was not functioning as a human being. And the doctors were really good and did prescribe some sleeping tablets, which I was able to... 
I think I just took for a couple of days because I because they said you know this is short term you can have this prescription but we're not going to prescribe more because you need to work on your life your life is causing this issue you need to find a solution to that rather than just medicating your way out of it which I totally agreed with but we were very committed to this concept and so just finding a way out other than just we need to sell it right now before it all goes completely tits up basically was where I was at. I remember being in a really tricky situation because it was your dream and obviously as your husband I want to support you and you have supported me in some very crazy decisions and it kind of felt like it was your turn and this is like your midlife crisis but and I I never wanted to say the words to the effect of I told you so because that's not helpful even though I think sometimes that's kind of how I felt because I felt like this was not going to live up to the expectation that we both had but equally feeling committed to the idea and thinking well again because I'm a realist thinking well even if you wanted to sell the shop we're talking 6, 12, 18 months and actually we'll talk about this in the next episode but after having spoken to someone I mean it, that would not have been a feasible option at all having opened a business for three weeks there's no way you can sell well, we something like that. We literally would have had to give it away basically if we wanted to walk away we'd have had to given it to someone else like all the money we invested we literally would have to have just kissed goodbye which to me felt like an improvement because I thought we're gonna go a few months nobody's gonna come we're gonna end up not being able to pay rent and the rent's liable to us we're gonna be bankrupt we're gonna have to move from our house literally my life was just spiraling well, this was the tricky thing for me because I had posed all of these questions to you before we'd opened. You're like, no, it's fine because we'll make loads of money and everybody will want it. And so I felt like it was really tricky because then you were voicing questions that I kind of felt like you had given me answers to. And so I was there trying to console you and support you, but also agreeing with you. It was really tricky. Well, the difficult thing was with the shop, of the two businesses, the cookie business is the one that has been going the longest, has been tried and tested and... We know it's successful. We've done multiple events around Milton Keynes and sold out of hundreds and hundreds of cookies within three, four hours. And I felt like that was the solid business side. Well, yeah, you felt like the the ice cream was a risk. I felt like the ice cream was a risk. I was like, I don't know how many people are going to come in and buy ice cream, but I know people will come in and buy cookies. And I don't know how much of it is maybe our fault in the advertising and branding and maybe we should have done more in terms of making it more of a joint branded venture but actually the reality was when we opened that it was the gelato that sold and the bakes were a lot slower in selling it was like 11 to 1 as well yeah which a was gutting to me because the 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 things that I had envisioned for the shop did not play out in the way that I had anticipated which was sad and then also stressful as hell because then what I saw as the concept that would see us through the colder weather was no longer a viable option. So whilst we had made all these plans that felt very weatherproof, made it a very stable business, the reality was the product that we were least confident with in terms of making and selling was the one that was selling the most. And also the one that we had then been depending on outside of seasonal weather was not selling as quickly because that's not what people were coming in for. People were coming for the gelato. And so... It just was a complete 
I felt very blindsided by the whole thing. And I was so incredibly grateful that you were so gracious in that because I, it was not lost on me that it could have literally destroyed our marriage. Like literally it could have done because Ethan could have immediately turned around and be like, I told you this was gonna happen. I told you this was gonna be stressful as hell. I told you we shouldn't have done this. Now we've done this, you've ruined our lives. Like I'm just been so resentful. I think that's probably a, a good cliffhanger to leave it on. We've got a couple of, we've got at least one other part to this story for the next episode. And to be honest, there might be even more in the future. I mean, this is like a 10 part series, The Shop. Well, no, I think the reality is The Shop will be an ever present. I think it, going forward now, once we've caught up with kind of the current times, really it will then just be exploring the concept of taking risks, the, the concepts, you know, how did we weather that that possible resentment? How did our marriage survive such a anxious filled experience that is a whole topic to cover in itself um, which I'm looking forward to covering with you in the future and we will see you next time <laughs>